Welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique paths. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I have been learning so much lately, and I'm super excited to share some things with you that have really blessed my life. But for today, I felt really, for the last few weeks, actually, I've been feeling really inspired to share this Facebook Live recording that I did to take that audio from it. Um, and to share it with you here on this podcast. It was about how to help our children when they're dealing with anxiety. And I hope that you will find some principles and the things that I share that will be a blessing to your family. So here is that recording. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to this um, Facebook Live about helping our kids deal with anxiety. I know that this is a really sensitive topic and it can be kind of a painful one for us to talk about. So I was kind of nervous about doing this. Um, I started doing this Facebook Live series because I felt like you, this is a time where we need some connection and to talk about some things and I asked for some discussion questions and one of them was about helping our kids deal with anxiety and so I've thought about this and I've um, prayed about it and I hope that I can say some things that will be helpful but I also know that I, I don't know everything, I don't know everyone's circumstances or the dif- individual things you're going through and so I apologize if I say anything that um, hurts anyone, I hope that it, I don't but just know that I'm that's not my intent I really hope to share some things that will be helpful and whatever you is helpful to you can take and whatever isn't you know just leave so when I was thinking about this I went ahead and asked my kids like what were some of their thoughts about um, anxiety and what helps them deal with anxiety and what helps them for us to do as parents and in, in helping them deal with it and they had some really um, insightful things to say I asked my daughter, who's on a mission, um, some of her thoughts. She uh, struggled with anxiety since she was really little. I remember that, you know, even at the age of six, she could barely talk to people outside our family. It was really difficult for her to, she was very, very timid and she was very sensitive. So I remember I had to cut off the tags from her clothes because they bothered her and she hated like loud sounds and lights. And so she just had one of those very sensitive personalities. and. And very, um, she wanted to do things just right, and so that caused her anxiety too. And when, when she wasn't able to do things um, the way she thought they ought to be done, and she struggled with this for a while, and then when she was 14, she her anxiety led to an eating disorder, which I didn't even realize that's what was happening at the time. But um, I just thought maybe she was kind of picky or something. And I can share this because I mean she shared it on her blog. She's made a blog about it, and she's um, helped a lot of people as she's overcome it and learned so much from it. But At the time, she was 14 and we were on a walk and she said, Mom, I think I have a problem with food. And I was like, oh really, what do you mean? And she said, I just think about it too much. And she kind of explained to me how it started with counting calories because she wanted to eat just the right amount of food, you know, for her day. And it kind of snowballed from there and that it was becoming a problem. She felt trapped and she didn't know how to get out of it. And so that led to a lot of learning, learning opportunities for her. And one of the things we would do is we would go on walks almost every day and um, she would talk. And so one of the things she said that was really important to her and to people who are dealing with anxiety is to be able to 
share and to talk and to have someone that will listen and not try to fix what they're going through. She said, it's not your path as a parent to walk. And I know from personal experience that it's really difficult to not try to fix their problems because we love them, we want them to feel better, and we think we have so much experience, more experience than they have, and, and we want to take them on because we think we could handle them better. And maybe they were not consciously thinking that, but it's kind of what we're doing when we're trying to fix their problems. And she said, a lot of times you just need to talk, you need a safe place to go to where you're not going to be judged and where you're going to be feel free to say, you know, this is what's bothering me. And as you talk, a lot of times you come to your own conclusions and your own understanding a lot more, um, a lot better than if someone's kind of telling you this is what's real and this is what's true. When you kind of come to those conclusions yourself through your talking, it can be really, really helpful. So that was her first piece of advice is to make a safe relationship where someone can share and not try to fix it. But on the other hand, there is a little bit of that accountability that you need when you're struggling through something like that. So I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment as well and some of the things she, her thoughts about that. Um, going along with that, listening without judgment, I think it's really also very important that we understand that anxiety or fear are not bad emotions. And this is really important because I think in our culture, we tend to equate anxiety like we say, you know, fear is the opposite of faith. And so we think, well, if I have anxiety or fear, that must mean I'm not being faithful enough or I'm not doing things well enough. And and that's not true. Fear is not bad and neither is anxiety. They're just emotions like any other emotion. They're not inherently good or bad. They just give us clues as to what we can start doing or our, our next step in learning what we need to do. And so um, in in my book, I talk about one of the challenges I mentioned in here is is facing your fears and um, the way I say it is um, fear is often thought of as the opposite of faith but it's not. Fear is faith's training partner. Fear can serve to propel you towards seeking protection and then faith lets you find that protection in a higher power. As you begin to understand and trust God's love you grow in courage and you move forward even though you're scared until that fear is no longer present. And then you can move on to the next challenge. And so I kind of, this diagram kind of helps me. And I, I learned this when I was doing some ropes course facilitator training, but it was really um, helpful. I'm going to tie it into this. But um, this circle kind of represents our current abilities and our current capacity to, to cope with things or to thrive. And, and, you know, this is where we're at. And when we're here, we feel comfortable. We're happy there. But when we find ourselves out here for whatever reason, maybe circumstances or or maybe we choose to put ourselves out here. Whatever it is, we're no longer comfortable. We're outside of our comfort zone, but we're also in the zone of growth because we don't grow here, we grow here. And so anytime we're outside our, our comfort zone or our zone of, um, of what we're currently capable of, then we experience fear. That's the thing that makes it uncomfortable, right? I mean, that's a very mild way to put it, but it's scary. It's scary to be out there. And so we need to realize that fear is a good thing because it means we're growing and, and it means that we can start to expand the circle and make it so that it's a bigger circle. Our capacity and our ability grows and then we are again comfortable here, you know, until the next challenge comes and we grow and, and move on from there. And so it's really important that we understand that good people with good intent that have been 
that have their hearts in the right place still experience fear. We see that over and over in the scriptures that they fear until they understand what's going on. And when we're out here, outside of that circle, we don't see things clearly because when we're in fear, we have tunnel vision, right? It's one of those mechanisms that helps us survive. So um, if you know I'm in a dangerous situation, the first thought I need to have is how to escape. And so we, when we're in that area, we're, we're not seeing the big picture. A lot of times we're just trying to get out of it. And so if we accept it and say, oh, this is a good place to be, um, now how do I grow so that I don't feel uncomfortable here, um, so that I'm no longer anxious and scared, instead of trying to escape it, because those are the two options we have here, right? When we're, here, I'm going to make another little star. Let's say we're out here now. We're in our growth zone or in the zone that we're um, a little anxious in. We have two options. We can either numb it, numb our feelings so that we no longer experience those those things. And, and a lot of times that's what leads to some addictive behaviors and things because we're trying to numb them away. Or we can expand the circle. We can expand our ability and our capacity to thrive there. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how to expand that and share some of the thoughts that my kids had as I go through that as well. So mentioned when my daughter was struggling with this, she felt anxious when she would eat. And so this was one thing that she had to understand was that anxiety wasn't bad. It meant she was doing something hard and she was growing. And that we didn't, she was numbing her way with those anxiety feelings by not eating. Sometimes we numb, like my tendency is to numb them by eating. You know, I go to the sugar or the chocolate. So we have different ways to numb those feelings and we have to learn healthy ways to cope with them instead of coping them with them immediately in, the, in an easier way. So there's three areas really that kind of help us be able to cope with these things or to move forward in them. The first, or I guess three areas that help us expand the circle is I guess a better way to put it, that help us expand our capacity and ability. So the first one is our thoughts. And like I said, when we have tunnel vision, we don't see things clearly and we need to realize two things. One of them is that the faulty thought we often have is that we, and that causes us anxiety, and maybe different things, but I think this was a, is a very common one, is that we are not enough in some way. So we're not smart enough, or we're not diligent enough, or we're not um, friendly enough, or a good enough um, mother, or a good enough friend. And so we just have all these feelings about how we're not enough, and we believe them, and they seem real to us because you know our experience or the way we're seeing things then. And so our thoughts can really put us in that zone of fear or keep us there because we don't see things as they are. So one really important thing to remember is that all of those traits that we desire, that we think we want more of, they're already in us. They're inherent in us by our divine nature. So they're there and our job is to just um, nurture them and help them grow. It's like we're, we're all just babies. We're all just children learning to live a potential that is infinite. And so all of those character traits that we think, oh, I'm not, I'm not this, we really are. We just need to nurture them and help them grow, which is, leads me to the second point, And that is that it's okay to not be good at everything because we're meant to help one another in different ways with our unique talents and gifts. And that's part of the reason we're here is on earth is to learn to help each other and that we all have different callings here and that we have different gifts and that just because I'm not as 
friendly as so-and-so or as social as her doesn't mean that I don't have other gifts that can also use. And it doesn't mean I won't become that way. If I want to really work on that, I can pray for that gift and, and try to develop it if I feel like it's something important. But I can also realize that I do have gifts and maybe I haven't discovered what they are yet. You know, a lot of us don't discover our gifts until adulthood and that's okay. And we'll keep discovering them through life. But once we start to understand what they are, we'll be so, so grateful that we have the gifts we have and not somebody else's gifts because we see how much joy they bring to our lives and what a blessing they are to others as we start to develop them and use them. And so comparison is very, very deadly because we are not seeing things straight and we're not seeing things as they are. We're not seeing ourselves for who we really are. And so one really good example of this that I loved as I was reading my scriptures the other day was the, it was in Genesis, I believe. And Moses was talking to God and God is saying, you know, I, I need you to go free my people. And Moses gives them all these reasons and, and God is patient with them and tells them the things that he can do that will help him overcome those reasons that he can't. And then Moses says, well, I have this problem with my speech and, you know, you can heal. You've healed a lot of other people. Why don't you just take this away? I'm, you know, totally paraphrasing. And this is when God's anger is kindled. It doesn't ever mention him getting his anger being kindled before, but all of a sudden it says, and God's anger was kindled against Moses. And I thought, well, why was his anger suddenly kindled over that question? And the thought that came to me was, it was because he was then asking, he wasn't okay with who he was anymore. And what God says to Moses is, didn't I give you Aaron? Aaron can be your spokesperson. And I just think that's a really important point for all of us to remember. We have gifts and we have different callings and things that we can do with those gifts. And we are meant to help one another build the kingdom of God. That's why we have different gifts. So if we can get out of that comparison, it'll help us a lot with our anxiety and help us be more happy with where we're at and the fact that we have all the things that we need to accomplish our work. So helping our kids understand that I think is really important. And we do that a lot of times, well, again, with my daughter's advice is by listening because we can confront them with the truth, right? We can try to say like, you're wrong because of this and this and this, and um, they won't listen to us or they'll think we don't understand. But we can teach them indirectly through stories of other people who thought they weren't very good at something and then they learned their gifts. And through scriptures where you learn over and over again your worth and what you mean to our Heavenly Father. But then also through listening. So helping them discover those thoughts for themselves and asking them questions. You know, why do you feel that way? Do you think that's true? You know, and, and helping them kind of come to their own conclusions. So those are both very important ways that we can help our thoughts um, in these situations. And then also sometimes counseling, like for my daughter, when we went on walks and she would pray and she'd get answers to her prayers and she was feeling like she was progressing a lot, but she got to this point where she didn't feel um, like she could quite overcome certain mental barriers, you know, certain foods that she just couldn't bring herself to eat. And I had mentioned to her, like maybe a counselor would be helpful a few times, but she just didn't think that that was really necessary until she finally said, you know what, maybe it, maybe it wouldn't hurt to try. So she went and she saw a counselor, which was a really nice thing for both of us because, because she, she had another source of support, right? That could help her work through some of these thoughts and things. And, and it was very helpful. And she saw her for a couple of months and then she was um, able to overcome those things. And then she was done and she, she, was, she learned to be humble, but also learned a lot of great things in the process. It was, and she's been able to help a lot of people who have gone through different experiences, which is another thing that our kids really need to understand is that a lot of times these 
trials that feel like really heavy and burdensome to them are going to be things that are going to give them compassion and ability to help others in the future. Our, our gifts are often paired with a, a weakness or something that we need to overcome to fully unlock them and to help them be what they need to and are meant to be. And so again, they're not bad. These emotions are not bad. They're helping us become who we need to become. And then, okay, the second area, and this is kind of a, a sensitive one, but I don't think it should be, is that that affects our ability to cope or our gifts um, or contributes to our anxiety is our physical health, our physical well-being. A lot of times I have noticed with, I've had a couple kids that have had, uh, struggled with panic attacks in, in, at night and it makes for some sleepless nights and you know, they're breathing hard, their heart's beating super fast and, and they've struggled with it. And I've noticed a pattern when these things have happened that it's at times when we're not keeping our sleep schedule, maybe we're on having a family reunion or it's a holiday and we're eating a lot of you know, junk food or sugar. And it really does affect how emotionally, how they feel. And I've seen this in my own life as well. When I'm eating junk, I just feel a little bit more down and I feel better when I eat well. And exercise is really, really healing for our hormones. Our hormones directly affect our feelings. And so if they're out of whack, then it's it's harder to feel good. And, and we can make our hormones work better when we take better care of our bodies. And so a lot of times people get offended. They're like, yeah, fresh air and sunshine aren't gonna isn't going to fix every problem, which is true, but it does a huge contributing factor to our well-being. And again, these are like three areas that all contribute. And so it's not fair to like throw one out because it didn't fix it. I tried that for a while and it didn't work. These are longer term solutions, right? And sometimes a solution, like, you know, people sometimes will look down on prescription drugs or something, say, well, that's just an easy fix for a problem. For some people, it's a really hard fix because we don't want to get onto those to, the, to medicine or whatever. But a lot of times, you know, maybe that is a short-term solution to help us get out of the fog so we can see clearly, so we can think clearly and know our next step in what we need to do to fix our bodies, our thoughts, um, our spirits. So, so it's not good to judge. We, we don't really know what other people around us need. And sometimes maybe that is a necessary step in the right direction for them. I don't think it's a long-term solution for most people. It might be for some, but I think that it can be a really effective short-term solution to help us be able to think clearly and, and understand and see our next step. So that taking care of our bodies is really, really important. And understanding how our hormones affect those feelings. Sometimes it's really hard to feel the spirit or feel the peace where our hormones aren't letting us right the spirit may still be there we may still be doing the right things and but our bodies aren't letting us feel it because they're out of whack and so trying to take good care of them will be thoughtful and then having faith that eventually our bodies will be healed and we'll be able to to feel those things again you know it's not permanent it's just something that we need to sort through and work through until we're able to to feel normal again then the Third area, again, so we talked about how our thoughts affect our mood and our bodies affect our moods. Um, the, the third area is our spirits. And again, this is another thing that tends to get discounted sometimes. And it, it I think it's sad when I hear like, yes, reading your scriptures and going to the temple isn't going to fix everything. But the truth is that reading your scriptures and praying and, and feeding our spirits is a longer term solution than, than, than anything else. Like it's going to help us have our thoughts in the right places. It's going to help us have the motivation to treat our bodies right like it's really something that's not going to fix the problem overnight but it's a diligent effort that we got to keep doing day in and day out 
that slowly, line upon line, will take us baby step to baby step to what we personally need in order to heal. God is a God of healing. I know that to be true. And so giving up on it and saying like, oh, that stuff doesn't work. I tried it is really, really just not a good thing to do because it is the long term solution to to what we need. And so just because it doesn't work right away or it doesn't seem to fix everything right away, it doesn't mean that if we don't keep at it, that it'll help us know what we need to do. And it's going to be different for everyone, right? Like my personal next step is going to be different than yours or my daughter's. But as we are seeking him constantly and seeking that guidance, little by little, we'll be led step by step to what we, we need. And so it's really important that we don't discount that, that we don't take that lightly or to say it doesn't work or that or to put it down ever because it is the the greatest and longest term solution to the things that we're going through. And so I highly suggest that you make that a very important and part of your healing and of your day. And and then with that, as we're working on these long term solutions, right, our physical health, our spiritual health and our thoughts, that we come up with coping strategies to get through the now, right? And so that's the next thing that I think is really important is when we're taking those baby steps in those areas, um, sometimes we come to a moment where we're like, right now, I don't feel, I, I feel like I need something to help me cope with this moment. And so a lot of times that's when we have those addictive behaviors or, or we go to the unhealthy things. And if we can come up with, and, and practice even the little things, going to solutions that are healthy instead of unhealthy. And so one silly example is these Facebook Lives for me. I, I get really nervous, obviously you can tell. <laughs> I get really nervous about doing these. And so the, the day of, I tend to be like a snacky, I'll snack on things a lot, I'll go to my chocolate chips. And so I'm learning that when I have those temptations to go to sugar or to go to things to bring me comfort, to say a prayer instead and to try to practice that going to God for comfort a lot more often than than to sugar, right? And sometimes I'll still turn to the chocolate chips just because they're easy and they're fast and I'm not thinking, you know, as clearly. But the more I practice that, when the big problems come and the big issues come, then that'll be more of an easy thing to go to. That will be something that's more part of who I am. And so to practice that even in the little things is is crucial. And, you know, that's a silly example, but one that's heavier is I remember when I tend to have bouts of, I don't have it like for extended periods of time, but I will, after I have my babies, go through some postpartum expression and in bouts, like I'll have some hard, hard days, you know, and then it's okay and then it comes and gets back. But um, I remember during those times, I had to learn, after a few babies, I finally figured this out, how to learn to divert my thoughts. If I let them rest on, man, I do so many things wrong. And this child, you know, poor child, I, it's got such, he's got such a bad mother and I, and I'm so inconsistent with this and oh, look how messy my house is and I can't keep up and all these negative thoughts that you tend to get when you're in this dark place. When I let those, when I, well, when I just let my mind sit, that's where they would go. And so I had to consciously divert it to something that was uplifting. And so sometimes that was music. I, I picked up a book I read, I don't know how many times. It was called Joy. If I can find it, I'll, I'll link it at the bottom. But it was about this mother and some of the things she struggled with. And it was a lighthearted book. It was funny, but also very uplifting. And so I had to find light, but uplifting things to kind of keep my mind distracted from these negative thoughts. And we have to kind of consciously make a decision to do that, right? To go to the healthier things, the things that are going to divert our thoughts. Because 
even though these feelings feel very real right now, we feel like I've got to fix this problem. I've got to fix what's wrong with me right now. It's just not a good time to try to fix it because we're not thinking straight. We're not thinking clearly. So if we learn to divert our thoughts until we're in a better place and then come back and be like, okay, what's my next baby step? Then we can get through that immediate anxiety fear right now and and come back to it when we're able to handle it a little bit better. So those, I guess, four things, right? There was the, when we're trying to deal with anxiety, we can realize, I'm gonna kinda just summarize real quick as you're asking questions or if you have anything else to say, that this is our comfort zone. When we're here, when we're outside of our comfort zone or when we're outside of our, our ability to cope with something, we feel anxiety and fear, but that's where we grow and there's nothing wrong with that. That helps us, that indicates to us that we're having some growing and learning experiences and that we can learn to expand the circle so that it becomes a part of our comfort zone and we can increase our abilities and our capacities and, and feel joy again wherever circumstances we're at, wherever, whatever this is for us right now. Um, we, can, we can overcome it and grow into it. And we do that by strengthening three areas of our life. One is our thoughts, and we can help our children with their thoughts by listening to them and um, helping them sort out their own ideas and making a safe place where they won't feel judged or they won't feel like they need to be fixed, but a safe place for them to know that we trust them to work this out, that this is between them and God, and we can lead them to feel His love by the love we feel for Him, for them and for Him, but that we can't fix the problem for them, that they, this is their path to take and that we're here for them and to support them in any way we can. And then also by taking good care of our bodies, our physical bodies make a big impact on our emotions. And so baby step by baby step, we don't have to be perfect at every health thing out there right now, but what's the next little thing that we can do to take care of our bodies, to treat them with more respect and to help them start to function, get hormonally balanced and all the things they need in order to be able to feel the feelings that we, the peace that we need to feel. And then the third one was, was to take care of our spirits. And that's a long-term solution. It's not like a quick fix, but it's going to be take effort and time. And eventually um, our spirits will grow and be able to, that, that circle will expand and we'll be able to feel. And sometimes it is, I should say, sometimes that peace does come right away. And it's an, an incredible miracle. And it's a very good thing to to try to seek. When we're very sincere and we reach to God, like a drowning man reaches to God um, when they're drowning, I, I think that that, that peace often comes but it's not going to stay forever right we'll still have to deal with these challenges and these changes and so we have to be willing to put in that work of everyday prayer and everyday reaching out to him and every day trying to grow closer to him and learning our next step and trying to to do it he loves us so much he's not going to give us more than we're capable of doing so if we ask him for our next baby step we can do that one little thing and see where it takes us and then the fourth thing I mentioned was just that practice mentality of practicing these things, learning our, our baby steps, and then and, and learning coping strategies to help us, that, that we can practice now, and even the little things, that we don't turn to other places for comfort, but we turn to the source of comfort, to God, when we are experiencing even more minor um, anxiety or, or more minor feelings we don't like. And so I think those four things or probably, um, at least that's the thoughts I had. Oh, and that, I do want to end with a thought my daughter mentioned. She said that our children need to learn to turn to God and walk the path themselves with Him. But we can help and lead them to Him by showing them His love and light by keeping it in our own hearts and following that guidance of that Spirit. And so 
again, this is tricky because one of the things that my daughter mentioned was that sometimes our kids do need that accountability and some of that tough love when they're going through those struggles. And so when we're saying, well, we don't want to push and we don't want to try to fix their problems, at the same time, they do need us sometimes to say, this is your goal and how can I help you meet it? And and you, you know, in her case, you you wanted to fix this and you said that you were going to do, you know, eat these foods or whatever. You know, how can I help you be able to meet that goal? And just supporting them and, and pushing them. Not, I hate the word pushing because it sounds like it's going against their will. It's with their will. It's with their permission to help them. But just reminding them and saying, I, I'm reminding you because I love you and I want you to be able to be happy. And so anytime we're pushing against their will, they're going to be resistant. But if we're asking them permission and sometimes my kids will say, I, I need someone to help me stay accountable. Will you check on me in the evenings and make sure I did this list or will you do this? Then they, we have their permission and we can feel more free and more able to help them meet those goals and those and keep themselves accountable with that more tough love, I guess. You know, we don't have to just lay back and be like, I'm, I'm hands off, this is your thing. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna be there for you and support you in the way that you want. And, and sometimes that might mean pushing you out of your comfort zone, is that okay? Or how else can I help you at those times when you're feeling weak? And so her point of keeping that light and love in our hearts will help us know which is which. You know, when is the right time to be a little more accountability partner wise? way or and what's the right time to be a little more of the I'm just going to sit and listen and and let you sort out your own thoughts and you know there's this little balance and we're having the spirit in our hearts and just loving them through either wherever they're at whether they're willing being willful or willing then we'll know the, the direction to take and just how far um, they need our help and so having that spirit and light in our hearts invites them to want it and invites them to to seek it and to to want to get out of that because she said if they don't want to there's nothing you can do you know there's people that struggle with some of these eating disorders and they're like I don't care I'm gonna have this problem and I'm gonna live with it and nobody I don't want anybody's help and she says they're not gonna stay there forever because nobody wants to be trapped there forever it doesn't feel good you hate it you hate how you feel but sometimes you're just so tired of and fed up that you just I'm giving up today but just know that they're not gonna stay there forever and that they will eventually want it. And as you keep loving them and nurturing them um, and showing them his love, they're gonna desire that more and then desire that change. And then that will help them more than trying to push them. So we have this book in our house that we, my son, Cohen, he's two, but he loves that I read this book. And I'm glad that he has me read it because it helps my other little girl who is six, who tends to really struggle with the new change. But it's about a koala who loves to cling to his tree eventually and everyone's always trying to get him to come out and play and he doesn't ever want to leave his tree because he's comfortable there and all of those things that those kids are doing they maybe look kind of fun and he kind of wants to have an adventure but he feels much more safe in his nice home which clinging to his or in his home clinging to his tree and he just couldn't let go but eventually a little woodpecker comes and and pecks at his tree and the tree falls and it just says i can't let go you know and he he falls with the tree and then he looks up and he notices all these loving faces. I love that part. All this love staring down at him with all his friends. And and he suddenly feels very light and good. And he realizes that what the worst that thing he feared has not come to pass and that he's okay. And then he starts to find more and more adventures. And, and from then on, he was can do because he learned that trying something new makes life great. And so I think that's an important concept for our kids to start to learn that even though getting out of our comfort zone is scary and causes us some anxiety that that's the way to come alive and to really live so i hope that this was helpful and i hope you're 
family is affected positively for it. So um, thanks for being here and I will talk to you later. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.